Hello everyone, my name is Paloma Ortiz Lopez, the founder of Avantgarde International and a career specialist. Welcome to the Diary of a Female Leader, the podcast in which we will share the journey of a variety of female leaders that are thriving in what people know as male-dominating environments. Thank you for listening. today uh, Monica Danon Schaffer uh, with us. Monica, I believe you are in Peru today, but you're based in Canada normally, aren't you? That is correct. I'm in Lima right now. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Paloma, and thank you for, for having me on this on this lovely Saturday. Oh, the pleasure is, is ours, Monica. Um, so, Monica, um, you, you have a brilliant career, and uh, I would like to, to start uh, giving our listeners a little bit of an understanding of, you know, everything that you have accomplished. Um, I, I do believe that you studied originally uh, chemical engineering, but you also have a Master uh, of Engineering, Civil Environmental, and also a PhD in Chemical and Biological Engineering. Impressive, Monica. <laughs> Thank you. Perhaps a bit of madness. Lots of years in between each degree. <laughs> Excellent. You also have uh, more than 20 years of experience uh, in a very long list of uh, countries. Uh, Canada, Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, and then Kazakhstan, uh, Peru, Spain, and, and so on. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't finish the list, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paloma. Yes, yes, I've been, I've been blessed and privileged with working in many countries. Thank you. One of the pleasures of the industry, I believe. Absolutely, absolutely. And mm -hmm. uh, and and I'll just add, uh, of being bilingual, it really it really helps as well. I think that's that's what's helped me work in so many countries. Because you speak Spanish and English, of course. I do, and I I know enough uh, French and Portuguese to get myself into a lot of trouble. In, in, <laughs> Those, those speaking countries. Impressive, impressive. Um, just to clarify, uh, Monica, you, you have worked for, you know, um, mining, uh, top tier mining companies, uh, if, I, if I must add, because, uh, again, the names are, are impressive. impressive. Uh, Newmont, uh, Gulpcore, and, and currently you're working um, as a, a corporate health and safety and environmental manager uh, for a company, a global company, a cold volcan compañía minera is that correct correct i'm, I'm actually the corporate safety manager we have it uh, we, when the way glencore uh, divides or the way it puts it together it's under the hsec umbrella which is health safety environment and communities but specifically my role uh, at the acid in peru is that of the corporate safety manager for all the all the mines that we have here underground and, and uh, open pit excellent uh, monica so I always um, start talking about, um, you know, the childhood and the beginnings. Um, so could you please give us a little bit of a background about your family and, you know, what you wanted to, to be when you were a kid? Sure. I wanted to be an airplane pilot <laughs> <laughs> because I loved airplanes. And then, then I realized I couldn't be an airplane pilot because I've always had to wear glasses. And back in the day, just... Just a few years ago, that was the requirement. You had to have 20-20 vision. So I thought, okay, if I can't be an airplane pilot, I want to be an aeronautical engineer. 
so I wanted to embark on engineering from, from a young age. I always enjoyed taking things apart, and uh, perhaps I was a bit different in, in that sense. Um, I didn't play with dolls. I did play with Lego. Um, it was just, you know, back in the day, that's that's kind of how it, how it happened. But I ended up, um, I did end up studying engineering, but I studied, as, as you mentioned, um, I studied chemical engineering. And uh, my father was a chemical engineer, and he was very wary of not influencing me to study mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to study. However, he would send me to talk to different people to get perspective on what they were what they were working in and, and their backgrounds and such, just to give me some pointers. Because back then, there really wasn't any concept of mentoring uh, anybody to help you. When you were in high school, they would give you these tests that sometimes would send you off in another tangent about what you were good at and what you weren't and all these different things. And so my father felt that it was uh, it would be useful to have me talk to different people. Okay, and, and how old were you then? Sorry, I missed that. How old were you? Um, 17, 18 at the time. <laughs> 17, 18. Still ready. And, and, and I do, I'll, I'll just re- recount one, one, specific, um, one specific incident, or I shouldn't say incident, but conversation I had with, uh, with a female engineer at the time, and I was, I was all of 18, And I, and I remember she was 37. I don't know why her age stuck with me, but I remember approaching her and asking her about her career and what she was doing and whatnot. And she was really negative. Wow. And she said to me, don't study engineering. This is just not, this is not something that's good. And, and she, she had this whole negative energy about her. And I, I it was very polite and I walked away and I thought, Hmm, she'd not had a good experience. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> exactly. So that I packed on one side. Then I also was able to go and talk to some of the, uh, my, my, my dad as a chemical engineer himself, uh, worked in the petrochemical industry in Mexico. And so, uh, so some of the people that he asked me to go and talk to were some of the people who worked at one of the, at one of the plants that, that he managed uh, petrochemicals. And so I spoke to one of the, one of the head guys there who I'm in touch with to this day, by the way. And he was the guy who really set me on the chemical engineering track. And he said to me, it's a really versatile career. And that has stuck with me all these years. So those those are my things. Excellent story. And I I do think that that's the essence of what we're trying to do here, is just to provide uh, testimonials of of people that, you know, they've reached top levels within their disciplines. And, you know, talking about their experience hopefully can help somebody you know, that is 17, 18, like you were, and enlighten them with a positive story that can help them to, to make their decision. That's, that's really what we're trying to do here. And, and it's fascinating how, at such a young age, 17, you had one of each, but you were stubborn that you really wanted to, to be an engineer, and, and that really, you went for it, and look at yourself today. Right. <laughs> Excellent. So you mentioned about your your dad um, a little bit and, and how he was supporting you in, you know, having these conversations. But, um, you know, how were your parents uh, or the family unit, uh, family friends supported you in, in your choice? Were they positive? Uh, were they a positive influence? There were no influence, to tell you the truth. Okay. There were no influence. <laughs> I mean, the reality was... Um, I was a bit of a rebel anyway, so it, um, I really wasn't concerned with what people thought um, about giving me their opinion because sometimes it was a negative opinion, and I, I just tried to think positively 
and uh, and I would push those 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 things out. So uh, I just I just forged ahead, by the way, just went <laughs> along. It's straight, just, just just like that. Yeah, straight ahead. You know, didn't look back. Didn't look back. I, you know, I also didn't know where I was going to end up, and so like I mentioned, being bilingual, at that young age, I thought to myself, hmm, I don't know where my life is going to take me, but I need to be able to simultaneously translate because it's going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And so what I what I taught myself in my undergraduate degree was to simultaneously translate. Um, and some of my textbooks were in English and some were in Spanish. And so I would force myself to translate right then and there whatever I was studying in to ensure that I had that, um, that ability and mm -hmm. those, uh, that oh. skill. Yeah. And it has, it has served me well. Very good, then, very good. Um, and then, you know, how was the, the journey from obviously finishing your degree, your master's? Uh, you did mention that there was um, some pauses in, in between. Um, but how did you, how was the journey from, from finishing university to, to reaching the position that you're in now? It, uh, it was not paved, it was not paved with roses, <laughs> by the way, okay? It was not paved with roses. Um, in, in my undergraduate degree, I, I did come across some professors who, who felt that, uh, that a, 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 a girl's place was not in engineering. Oh, wow. And that didn't exactly sit well with me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, uh, I, didn't, I did not take it sitting down. So I, mm -hmm. I helped to make some changes and and uh, again being a bit of a rebel, um, I helped to ensure that those professors did not teach again, and I had support from other professors and so we uh, we wrote letters and we had uh, we substantiated the uh, complaints and the attitudes and everything and so we were able to uh, remove them from from faculty and uh, and that was that was a big step because mm -hmm. I thought maybe I can't. Maybe I can't stop people from going through certain experiences because, you know, certainly we have certain experiences, but maybe I can help them from not having this particular experience. And, you know, we already have challenges and whatnot with everything we do on a daily basis. Let me try and make it a little smoother for them. I want to think about those who are coming behind me, mm -hmm. not just not just me. And and, and that's one thing, Paloma, that has, um, that has brought me to, I think, where I am now. I try to, I try to think about those coming behind me. How can I help? And how can I make a difference? And so that that I've had flavored through, sprinkled throughout. In 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 between my undergrad and my master's in engineering, I actually had started off doing an MBA, and I had applied to different universities in the U.S. and Canada. I was coming out of uh, Mexico at the time. I'd done my undergrad there, as as I mentioned, and I ended up um, I was accepted into um, some some really good universities, and um, and actually turned down a very a very high profile one. And at the time, uh, my parents. Uh, were very irritated and they couldn't believe it. And I said, well, I also have to follow my personal life. And this mm -hmm. is a time when I need to follow my personal life as well as my professional life. Mm -hmm. And what flavored all of this, the sprinkled within Palermo also was what I truly believe. You plant a seed and you water the plant and you keep on watering it and you see it grow. And so you get out of it, whatever you put in. Mm -hmm. And that to me has always been my case. And that's mm -hmm. been sprinkled throughout my entire career. So no, as I say, it has not been paved with roses. It has been very interesting. I've been very privileged. I've worked with wonderful people in different countries, cultures, uh, and, and, and to where I am right now, very grateful. It, the, it was on a straight line. <laughs> um, and, and, and the mining industry traditionally has not been uh, particularly open to women in mining. Um, and so I was working, I was doing a lot of work in oil and gas and in manufacturing and such. 
but I really wanted to be in mine. I wanted to be on the operations side of mine. That was a goal and of yours. You that was my it. goal, and it took me years, Paloma, to reach that goal. But what I can say is laser beam focus. Mm -hmm. Laser beam focus to say, what am I looking for? Operations. I don't want to. I don't want to see just a piece of the pie or a sliver. I want to understand the whole, the mm -hmm. whole of it. And and so it took a while, but here I am. I'm very <laughs> grateful. We're corporate um, safety manager, so I think that you have a, a big vision of the pie right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's a big pie. It's <laughs> a big pie. <laughs> why, um, Monica? Why mining? So you you said that it was a goal of yours. So why? That's a really good question. Um, I think because I've already done oil and gas, and I've already done manufacturing, and I've already dibbled and dabbled in mining. And so when I look at what to me were these big, big areas to work in, if you will, I just, I just like the health and safety side of mining. Yes, I've done a lot of environmental work, but I also did a lot of health and safety work throughout my, throughout all these, all these years of my career. And I just felt that being able to focus on health and safety in mining was something that would be really enjoyable. And, and I'd be able to marry the technical side with the people side because I enjoy working with people. And I just felt that I, that I could add my two cents uh, uh, a bit more on the mining side. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And for those that uh, perhaps are not so familiar with um, health and safety within the mining industry, could you please let us know a little bit of, you know, what, what is it that a health and safety specialist does in, in the mining industry? Health and safety is part and parcel, and it's a part of our life 24-7. So we can work and we can automate. We can work with heavy machinery, which we do. We have open pit mines. We have underground mines. Everything in the mining industry is risky. Start off. It's a risky business. Mm -hmm. And so everything that we do is to mitigate that risk with humans. And what we, what we, what we do is we work on a safety culture and a safety culture is 24 seven. And it's you and me talking to each other and me asking you, do you understand? Do you know what risks you are facing or you will face in your daily activities? And, and, and the need to identify those risks prior to starting your activity to ensure that you can work safely. And if you find something that's amiss, that you can raise your hand and feel empowered to say, I need to stop because something could happen to me or to those around me. And so this is what I do. And this is, I have a whole team, but this is what we do 24-7 with a whole bunch of tools and processes and procedures and such. But at the end of the day, to me, it's a very human experience. We can automate a lot of things. But you can't automate safety to 100%. You need to talk to human beings. You need to understand. They need to understand the importance of them getting home alive and well at the end of their shift. That's the most important thing at the end of the day. Everybody 100%. Regret, regret, 100%. Home. Absolutely. And, 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 and just to let you know that, yes, everybody knows and everybody says, yes, it's, it's supposed to be safety over production. But we also know that there's always a lot of pressure production over safety. So we live with that dichotomy of working with, no, it really is safety over production. Because if you, if you emphasize production over safety and you have an incident, guess what? Everything shuts down. So I, I work with basics. To me, it's really simple. Mm -hmm. Excellent. 
it's, it's always good to know what was behind, um, you know, the health and safety um, job title, uh, because sometimes we kind of miss <laughs> the, right. the personal component of, of the, the department. It's not, and it's not just a title, by the way. Even though, even though my title is corporate safety, um, I, spend, I spend time in, in the office here in Lima, but I also spend a lot of time at the operations. And so I, I, I'm in very close contact with the mine general managers, with my safety superintendents, with my entire team. And always seeing where we can help and how we can help, be it be it in person or remotely, because I can't be everywhere at the same time. Um, I have obviously my team, my eyes and ears. They can't be everywhere at the same time, uh, meaning my, my corporate safety team. And so we rely on our boots on the ground at each mining unit to help us. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, very interesting. And um, going back to, to you and, and your career, you did say that uh, mining was was an objective, and it wasn't the path wasn't paved for for you. But I'm sure that the industry has has brought some opportunities as well. Could you please describe, you know, what was the so, end experience at the end? Certainly, I think that um, as as we see it opening up, the opportunities uh, to enter the industry have changed. The perhaps barriers to entry have also changed. And so I'd like to I'd like to say that where we are in our 21st century world, 22nd century going towards whatever, is actually the realization that opening it up to all different sorts of people from passive life and walks of life is actually revitalizing it and making the industry more robust and more in tune to what we really need to work with ensuring everybody's safety at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And can I ask you, Monica, what, what is it that you love about the career you have chosen? Talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to people and making sure they're safe. It's very simple. And and I sprinkle it with, you know, enough enough technical savvy that, um, that they really think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it, it really is it really is Paloma. It's, it's it's about people. It's about connecting the dots and and connecting with people. And I like to and, and I like to ensure that I connect with people at different levels. So obviously, people on the ground are are, are workers, are what we call our frontline workers, and at all different tiers. I like to be able to converse with all different with all different levels at management, senior management, uh, our head office in in Switzerland as well. And, and keep those dots connected and actually bring them closer to each other and narrow any kind of communication gap that, uh, that could exist. Mm-hmm. Because you, you must talk to a lot of people. I remember, you know, talking of, of the record, uh, you were telling me that um, you you go from from Canada to Peru by going by Switzerland. <laughs> so <laughs> so that stuck to in, in my head. Like, that, that's not very straight line. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's because... Uh, that's because uh, our my my I call him my head boss. You probably laugh if you heard this, but um, because he asked me to uh, to stop in into our Zurich office for a few days on my way on my way to Peru, and in order to also see what's going on with the team there and bring those communications and 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 whatever else we have mapped out on a strategy on a strategy side, bring it over to Peru and be able to link those together. Uh, and, and 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 again, now that gap. And just help to increase communication between head office and the asset. Mm-hmm. And so that, that is what I have been doing. Excellent, excellent. 
And, um, you know, this, this podcast, again, we, we mentioned it before, but uh, is dedicated to all these people that perhaps are deciding still, you know, what they want to do in their next role or their first job or uh, their next studies. Um, so hopefully, you know, Monica, you could, um, you know, help them uh, to, to give them a few tips, you know, uh, on how to decide uh, this, this career uh, in, in what we call a man-dominating environment. So what would be your tips for these people? First of all, I would say go for it. Second of all, I would say look at the STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. Follow your heart. Don't let anybody of your, or any of your teachers at the high school level or anybody influence you, male or female, to say, no, you're not going to be good for this. If you like it, you work for it. Mm-hmm. Not everything, not everything is automatic, and it doesn't mean just because it's harder for me uh, to understand this topic, or oh, geez, maybe I shouldn't do it because it's too difficult. Life is full of challenges, and if we if we look for the path of least resistance, if we try to go down the easy path, it may turn out to be the hard path at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So by by looking at 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 the STEM careers, okay, it. It doesn't mean that you're going to become a millionaire, and many of us may don't may not have that as a goal or whatnot. Um, you certainly have to work. Nothing is for free. It's a bit of a fallacy if we think that things are for free. So I would say, you know what? Follow your heart. Follow what you like. Don't let anybody intimidate you to say, you're not going to do this. It's not for women. Mm-hmm. Or you know what, guys? I'll do something else. This is too difficult. Mm-hmm. I would say step up to the challenge challenge yourself like you did you know after hearing that 37 year old woman (laughs) exactly exactly it actually it actually incentivated me it motivated me to do exactly exactly the opposite of what she had done and 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 uh and just say no i need to spin this on on a positive note and everybody talks and everybody gives you a perspective from where they're coming from like i am in, in, in my case but i'm always i've always been very optimistic and I just like to look for that, that next challenge. What can I do? And if this challenge seems to be insurmountable, well, we have to bring it down into bite-sized pieces and take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. What can I do? So that would be my advice. Do not shrink back. Do not say, oh, jeepers, you know what? You know, it's only because there's guys out there or, or this is a male-dominated industry, I shouldn't do that. No. And, and... I'm not a feminist. I just believe in doing what I, I think is best. There's hard work out there. Did I have to work twice as hard as the guys to get where I am? Mm, no, but I had to work hard. Mm-hmm. So I would just say embrace it. Good. Go forth and conquer. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love that. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I, I like to also talk about, you know, environment and support system. So is there anything that you could tell them as well about, you know, the, the environment they, they're going to be in and, and, you know, how they can support themselves with, you know, other people? For sure. And I saw this at the university level, but there there should be different support groups, mentoring. We had try mentoring at the university and so many times I would mentor uh, uh, male or female, depending upon how they how they set up the groups. But I would suggest definitely find yourself a mentor, be a mentor, mentee. 
I always do that. I continue to, to this day, all different people from different walks of life. And I think it's important for all of us to have that support system, to be able to hear uh, those who had others, other experiences and gone through different things. And we have because everybody does. But to know that you can raise your hand and say, I need some help here and not be afraid. Not be afraid to say, what should I do next? So definitely wherever you are you know, in the world, uh, hopefully you can find a support system uh, to help you, to help you at any stage of your career, uh, starting in the middle, changing, whatever it might be. Um, I'll raise my hand if anybody listening to this podcast would like to, you know, like to use me as a mentor. I'm always open to that. doesn't matter time zones, countries or whatever. Um, but that's what I would suggest is definitely make sure you have a mentor. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. I, I second to that. And if you hear <laughs> to many of the successful women around there, that's a very common thing uh, that uh, they all said, you know, having yourself supported by others, you know, that uh, perhaps they've been in the same place or perhaps not, but, you know, they can enlighten you and, and guide you through maybe sometimes that are not as, as pleasant sometimes. But I guess that we all have them, you know, high and low. So. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And, and to say that when I started, I did not have a support system. So I was very aware as the years came, rolled on that this started to come about. And so, again, like I mentioned early, earlier in the podcast, of saying I wanted to help and I still want to help people coming behind me not to have the exact same experiences that I had, to have something different. And if this is something that can that can make the path a little easier, albeit different, of course, then mm-hmm. I'm all for it at all times. Excellent. And on that note, Monica, the, the next question was, how would how do you compare when you initiated in the industry to what you see right now? Have we evolved? Hopefully we have. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's going to be a, a, a two-pronged answer. One, on the, on the engineering side, uh, perhaps just in terms of careers, we actually have seen a, a, uh, a, a reduction in, in, in people in general, male and female, entering these careers. And so that's why I actually encourage people to actually go back into them, number one. Number two, in some cases, Paloma, there's a little bit more openness in the industry. Um, where I am right now, it's um, it's quite skewed. And uh, I know off the record, we, we also had a conversation uh, meeting that I had yesterday with my with my colleagues, 36 of them and myself. So the ratio of 36 to one doesn't mean that we've uh, that we've improved a whole lot. And in some cases, we have. In some cases, we haven't. Mm-hmm. That said, I think it's really important to mention that we need to be able to um, progress, if you will, or or get to different positions on merit. I don't believe in being a token, a token woman, I, and, and I'm all for diversity and inclusion. But we need to get to where we go or where we are based on skills, merit, and competence, not because we're the token female. Mm-hmm. That's important. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we have evolved perhaps not uh, to where we would like to, to be. Um, there are many different uh, programs, uh, policies in place now, uh, even this podcast or, or many other similars uh, that you can find. Uh, but in your opinion, Monica, what else can we do to, to help reaching the, the equality uh, at work for male, male and female? 
I think by I think by breaking through those barriers, not giving up. The most important thing is don't give up. As a female, I'll give you an example. There's a really thin line between being assertive and being aggressive. We need to make sure we're assertive, not aggressive. We will we will not make strides in these male-dominated industries by being aggressive. By being assertive, we do, and we will. That has been my advice from day one, continues to be. It's really important. I wouldn't be able to be where I am right now, Paloma, if I were considered aggressive. I know that. I feel very grateful that I have a wonderful rapport with all my colleagues. And that's what I mean, my, my peers, my bosses, which I have multiple <laughs> in Peru and in, and in Switzerland. Okay, senior management, whatever the case is. It's, it's just being able to learn how to work with people, not imposing. And that is something that we may not learn in university, but it's something we learn as we grow into different career uh, positions. So that's what I would suggest. I think that's that's very inspirational, and if you allow me, Monica, that's that's gonna be where where we're gonna finish today because I think that that's a very strong message and a very positive message uh, to finish this fun conversation. I think we we enjoyed it. I certainly have, Monica. So I hope you you've been uh, very comfortable and you have enjoyed the conversation too. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Paloma, for your time and for everybody who's listening out there. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for listening to Diary of a Female Leader. If you enjoyed our episode and want to contribute to sharing these incredible stories of females leading in business, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next interview. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn by searching Diary of a Female Leader. Until next time.